From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to this week's episode of The Diz Unplugged. I'm Pete Warner, joined each week by my amazing team, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Walter Eccles is also at the table today, and uh, Will will be joining us later. He's in the peanut gallery right now, along with Teresa, and Walter's nephew, Max, also known as Teresa's son. <laughs> it's a family affair. It's a family affair. We're just trying to get all the Eccles in here, as, po- as many as possible. Um... Now, in this week's show, Walter and I will tell you what we thought of the Polynesian Resort during our recent stay there. Corey Martin and Will Perry will uh, did some virtual skydiving and have that report in their Extreme Orlando segment this week. And, of course, we're going to have this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. So we'll get started with some housekeeping. I uh, just want to remind everybody, if you have not been out to our blog, DizUnplugged.com, Go and check that out. We've got lots of good stuff up there and people putting stuff up all the time. And, of course, our discussion boards. There's always lots of lively things going on on uh, disboards.com and, in particular, our podcast uh, forum. Links to all this stuff can be found on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. While you're talking about this, I wasn't going to bring it up, but we've gotten some very nice compliments lately about the Diz Forum. There's actually a whole thread about the sense of community on the Diz Unplugged board, and I just got a private message recently telling us how friendly people feel that forum is. It's a great is. group. It's a great group. I mean, yeah. we have, and you know what's, what's really nice is that we have so many uh, groups like that, so many communities like that all across the boards. It's not just on the podcast board. There are great people on all the boards. But on our board, they're all named Kim. Yes, apparently. <laughs> apparently. So just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And also mentioned to everyone, uh, you should definitely go and check out our YouTube channel. We have a lot of videos up there. We're adding more and more all the time. We've been getting into a pretty good rhythm with that. Um, we were in a much better rhythm before Bob died, but now we're starting to get back to it. So. Um, and also, I just want to remind everybody of some stuff that is coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Mrs. Martin is going to be doing uh, another one of her wedding segments uh, coming up on our August 20th show. And uh, we're also going to have some uh, a review of Disney Quest coming up uh, in the next few weeks, as well as the Gospel Brunch at the House of Blues and a dining review of Artist Point. All that and much more coming up over the next several weeks. Now, uh, I do want to mention to everyone that uh, a lot of you have been asking me about part two to our Disneyland show. Um, for those who weren't, weren't listening back in April, we had uh, Walter and I had been out in Disneyland for about uh, almost two weeks. And uh, we had, um, right after we got back is when Bob passed away. And our, our show kind of got, we had rec- it was the last show Bob recorded, uh, was our Disneyland review. And... Uh, so that kind of made it a little difficult for us to come back and do part two. But we are going to be doing part two in the next couple of weeks. We are going to be putting a show up. And uh, to say, I'm sorry for making you guys wait, um, we are going to be doing something very special with this show. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I will say this, that someone will end up winning a trip to Disneyland by the time we're done. So... 
Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. This is going to be coming up. I'm not telling you when, but it's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. And, uh, oh, while I'm on the subject of the show, uh, we have some scheduling issues coming up over the next couple of weeks. So uh, we're doing an an email show this week, but we're not going to be doing another email show for two weeks. And it's just it's uh, time constraints. We have a lot of issues, and we're trying to do some pre-recording to make it so that we have a new show going up while accommodating everybody's schedule. It's one of the one of the sacrifices you have to make if you want to put everybody in the same room at the same time, as opposed to having people, you know, phone in from home uh, to do a roundtable format like this. So uh, we ask your forbearance, but I do have some some interesting stuff going up. I do have some new stuff going up uh, to kind of take its place. Uh, one of the things that I will work diligently to get up uh, in the next couple of weeks is uh, I think I, we had mentioned that uh, Bob and a before he moved to Florida, was uh, used to do a cable access show called The World of Mickey with him and his stepson, Matt. And this was now, we're talking 1998, 1999, and when he first found the Diz, and uh, Brian, his son, had brought over some VHS tapes of the, uh, of the World of Mickey that Bob had. And watching them is... Uh, is quite entertaining, I have to tell you. And so we've, uh, I've actually got one captured, and I just have to get it into a certain format. But we're going to actually be putting that up. We're going to be putting a full... It's a one-hour episode. These were all one-hour episodes. Bob hasn't changed a bit. And he has not changed one <laughs> iota. If you want new Bob content that sounds like he was on the show, because it's exactly what this, this TV show was. But it was kind of like, it was kind of like Wayne's World, but... Scare, like scary Wayne's World, <laughs> and it was real. It's really funny. It's really, really funny. Um, Bob gets new fans all the time. Oh, I'm telling you, this is. You guys are going to love this. You guys are going to eat this up with a spoon. This is really funny. The problem is, is that I got one. I got one show captured. No problem. Two other shows. For some reason, I can't get the audio. I can get it when I put it in a regular VCR, but when I try and capture it to the computer, it's giving me audio problems. I don't know why. So. So right now I have three episodes. Two of them I can't get. One I've got copied. So we'll be having that up in the next few weeks. Kind of make up for no email show for a couple of weeks. And when we uh, uh, do start doing an email show toward the end of uh, August is when we're going to do our next call-in show. And who knows? Who knows what we'll do there? So anybody else have any housekeeping? I have something quick. I want to say thank you to everyone on the boards who wished Corey and I congratulations. Yeah, it was a heck of a thread. Well. We've also got an advice thread going on now about what <laughs> items we should or should not uh, purchase for our baby. I love the LSU stroller. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's we'll a have one of those. <laughs> sure. But I also want to say I've gotten several personal emails and private messages, and I've tried to respond to everyone personally saying thank you. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. So thank you again <laughs> for all the, the nice words. That it's been very said. sweet, yeah. Very, very sweet. Kevin. I have one. I made an error. I suggested that Meet the Robinsons was a Pixar film, and it's not. Oh, okay. I've been firmly beaten about the head and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. You have committed me. heresy. I have. It's I've, not a Pixar film. Apparently, you made more than $7. We're sorry. <laughs> So I'm sorry. If you were in Meet the Robinsons, I apologize. <laughs> oh, Kevin and John, 
I got to ride Toy Story Mania on Saturday. Oh my god, I think is the best ride that, that Disney's cool ride? had in a long time. I wanted to ride again, but the wait was eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. <laughs> it was so much fun. And y'all got it there is. early, right? To we get got a fast there pass. at nine fifteen, and our fast pass was for between twelve fifteen and one fifteen. Went back at like one or twelve forty five. All the fast passes were gone for the day. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's too violent for a pregnant woman, right? You no. felt like you were safe on it. Yeah. I think it's a great ride. I just was trying to get as many points as I could. She doesn't, she doesn't like Buzz Lightyear, but she loved this one. I'm embarrassed I haven't been on it yet. I really am. I'm, a, I'm ashamed. I've done something that Shame Corey hasn't done. That the first never happens. <laughs> yeah, really? Wow, how the tables have turned. Yeah, right? <laughs> that and putting the seat down. <laughs> <laughs> and do you notice that now she does have the Disney gene? She's, yeah, she's getting there, yeah. It, it's growing in her. Oh, yeah. Besides that baby. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think you're seeing the baby, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to show. Oh, all right. Any, any other housekeeping? Anybody? Bueller? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Okay. Then we will get started with the news. Our first story this week, in a ruling over Florida's concealed weapon law, which he termed, quote, stupid, previously, federal judge uh, Robert Hinkle has upheld the majority of the legislation's provisions. The latest judicial decision upholds employees' rights to have a concealed weapon locked in their vehicle at work, providing they have a permit to do so. The 39-page ruling included an exception for a portion of the law considered unconstitutional in that, quote, it compels some businesses but not others with no rational basis for the distinction to allow a customer to secure a gun in a vehicle. The Florida Chamber of Commerce had lobbied to block enforcing this part of the law. Adam Babington, an attorney representing the chamber, commented that Hinkle's ruling could cause more confusion than it solves and that it essentially says you can take your gun to work and you can drive on public streets, but you're not entitled to take your gun anywhere else. It is anticipated that Disney and other Florida businesses will continue in their efforts to enforce their own workplace policies, prohibiting weapons on company property. So... You know, you know what I think of this whole thing? I'm not going to go off on it again. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we updated people on what's happening. With Come it. over it. Bring your gun. Bring your bazooka. Bring your tank. <laughs> Whatever you want. I don't care anymore. Well, you gave up fast. I did. <laughs> you folded like a cheap tent. <laughs> exhausting. I can't think about this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore either. And I don't want any more emails about it. If you email me about it, I'm not responding. I don't. I'm with John. I don't care. Bring no. your bazooka to work. I don't care crazy can we touch on a subject that you touched on a week or two ago about swimming in the lake sure. and we've gotten some flack about the fact that we might be overreacting well we are going to be getting to that in my my review my poly review but go ahead I, I just want you to know that last week mm-hmm. there was a young boy swimming in a central florida lake minding his own business who was attacked yeah, by an 11 right. foot alligator the 11 foot alligator ripped his arm off the wildlife officials went out and got the alligator. The alligator was destroyed. They retrieved the 11-year-old boy's arm and have reattached it. He is in, still in critical condition. However, for those of you, those, the people who wrote to me to say that the chances of you getting attacked by an alligator in a Florida lake are slim, ta-da. It happens like at least five times a summer to, right. some, to other people you, all the time. Well, like I said, we'll get into it with my poly review, but... The sign says no swimming. That doesn't okay, mean me. this isn't this isn't uh, uh, this isn't hard. 
I'm explaining why the sign is there and why it's really foolish to ignore it. The sign says, no swimming. Stay out of the damn lake. Sorry. Very cut and dry this week. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, Let me just dispense man. with this. Exactly. <laughs> dispense with all pleasantries. No opinions. I'm just going to give you the answers. That's the answer. The sign says no swimming. If Disney wants you in the lake, they'll tell you, swim. They'll put a lifeguard out there. They'll do something. But they don't. They say no swimming, so stay out of the lake. You know, sometimes we're just a little too ambiguous. <laughs> like now. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to our next news story. Uh, Disney trying to manage expectations. We, we talked last week about how Forbes was saying that Disney is beating analyst expectations. The parks are doing well. Well, Disney got on a conference call with investors and kind of tried to uh, manage some expectations after that report, uh, basically telling them that, uh, you know, yeah, things are okay, but uh, our, our resort bookings are a little flat. Our theme park attendance is down. Um, and uh, trying to manage expectations for profits, I think, coming going forward in the fall and into next year, sent the stock down 2% uh, when they did this. So I thought it was very interesting that after, uh, after actually getting some really good news for a change, that they almost immediately turn around and start managing expectations. Maybe they know something. Maybe they really are, Maybe they're really very worried. I'm starting to think they may be a lot more worried than I thought they were. Well, I think it's it's fairly obvious that people plan their Disney vacations, not our listeners. Our listeners are very spontaneous. They do no planning. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, most people plan their Disney vacation uh, up to a year in advance. So there's been a lot of people who have planned a vacation who are here now. We're not seeing the effects of a bad economy from a year ago. Those people have already planned and paid and made reservations what's going to happen is we're probably going to see this effect eventually because now people are suffering from this bad economy not that people haven't been hurting for a while but it's becoming more and more obvious to larger numbers of people so that we might see a, a downturn later on well something i'm sorry again that's it i was that no something i thought was interesting about what they said too was that they're not they have not seen any impact as of yet, from the decrease in airline capacity, nor do they expect to see or have a problem with that. I thought that was very interesting, considering Orlando is one of the major markets being affected by this, that a good 9% of the inventory that was coming into Orlando last year in, in the form of airline seats is not going to be coming in next year. So they, I think they really have a strong opinion that people are going to pay $500 round trip a person to come here, and I think they may be in for a surprise. I think the compensation to that is our inter international guests. I think they, they believe that this decrease is going to be for domestic travel. It is. But they think that our the international guests are going to continue and also grow that area of the business because of how weak the dollar is and how strong the the euro is. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's really uh, – well, I, I went ahead and I put a poll up on the board this morning. Um, I figured hopefully we'd have enough uh, responses to uh, mention it, and I think we do. I think we have close to 100 at this point, 81. 81 responses. We asked the question, will the economy affect your vacation plans to Walt Disney World? And uh, I gave four options on the poll. I'm going. Nothing stands between me and my vacations. 36% of respondents have said, and this is not scientific by any means, but 36% of the people that answered uh, said 
they're not they're, they're going nothing's going to happen to change that uh, next we said uh, I'm going but I'm cutting back what I would normally spend vast majority of people have picked that one 52% are saying they're still going to travel but they're not going to spend as much uh, asked uh, not going it's too expensive maybe next year or the year after 12% of people pick that option um and like I said, while it's not scientific, it's very anecdotal, and really there isn't any, even enough there at this point to make it a good sample. Um, I think the fact that you see an, a number of people already saying, I'm going to have to cut back, I'm going to go, but I'm going to have to find a cheaper way to go. And I don't know if Disney is factoring that in, because one of the things, even though their theme park attendance was, was down a bit last quarter, uh, they made profits because in-park spending went up. And that tells me if people if and this is Disney's highest affinity group we're yeah, talking yeah, about we're here. Talking about fans. We're not talking about the casual visitor now. The this is Disney's highest affinity group, and if these guys are saying they're going to scale back, maybe that's why uh, Jerry Skaggs and Bob Iger are getting on the phone with investors saying you might want to t- you know damp this down a little bit, uh, looking at what, what what you can expect from us in the in the coming year. So, of course, one way they plan, and this is a great segue. One way they plan to uh, mitigate any losses is uh, by raising ticket prices, which is what went into effect, and this is our third news story this week, uh, went into effect on Sunday, the 3rd of August, uh, an increase of about 5% in the cost of a one-day ticket. A one-day ticket to a Disney theme park is now $75. And, uh, of course, they also released their rates and packages for 2009 and we've seen some increases there, and I'm going to let John talk about that because that's his bag. I want to talk about tickets for a minute. Um, the nice thing about tickets is that there's still those options for longer length of stay, and you still pay less depending on how long you, you choose a ticket for, which is great. One of the things that really bugged me, though, was they raised the park hopping option by $5 per person. So what Disney's done is they've figured out that People want this option, so now I'm going to charge you more for it. So that's what kind of bugs me about that. Um, in addition to Disney World going up, Disneyland went up. Tickets on average three to eleven dollars at Disneyland. So because nothing encourages people who are on the economic fence, <laughs> economic like bubble. raising the prices. Well, I asked Kelsey for some some uh, give me sort of a breakdown of how the tickets went at Disneyland, and she wrote the annual the Southern California. And Southern California Select went up $5, and in parentheses wrote, which is really stupid since local visitors are so down right now. So we all see it. We don't know why Disney doesn't see it. As far as packages go, we do. So we have seen an increase in packages. It's not a tremendous increase. And I want to talk a little bit about what they've done. Most of the packages have stayed the same for 2009. But there are a couple of changes I want to mention before I talk about pricing. The first thing is that every package now will have a 30-minute arcade card, credit for 30 minutes of arcade play. Oh, cool. Which is nice. Yeah. It's a nice little addition. Um, Comes in handy. We're about to start doing a review of uh, all the arcades on property. So Kids love the arcades. The arcades are great. So that's a plus. And I think that's a plus for, um, for parents. Gives the kids something to do. The, it used to have a 14-day hold for your deposit option. It's now gone to seven days. So Disney wants you to make a decision faster. 
you don't have 14 days to wait. Now you have seven days. Yeah, they don't want to keep the inventory tied up for two right. weeks. I can kind of understand that. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I have no problem with that either. Um, the biggest change that we have is that they've added an additional package option in addition to the base package, in addition to dining in the various uh, incarnations of the dining package, there's now what they call a quick-serve dining package. With this, you get two quick-serve meals per person per night, two snacks per person per night, and one refillable mug per person per package. And that's going to cost you about twenty nine ninety nine for an adult per night and eight ninety nine per child per night for this add-on. Whether or not you want it, whether or not it's going to be good for you is something you have to decide for yourself. However, I think the real sticking point here is, is this now going to be when Disney releases free dining? Is this going to be their free part? Oh, you think so? I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see the next free dining is going to be this. Quick serve will be the part that's free. This is going to stop those people who 180 days in advance even before free dining was uh, announced, start making ADRs and filling the restaurants on speculation. Well, we knew, we, we knew that they were going to have to do something eventually. Right. That the whole ADR situation, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, when Disney uh, does free dining, um, or even with the dining plan in general, I think, as a result of the dining plan in general, where you can prepay for your meals, basically, for your stay, people were making all these reservations in these restaurants um, like multiple, making multiple reservations at multiple restaurants for the same time on the same day, not not being sure where they were going to want to go. So now these tables are, are held up, and a big part of that, a big part of the problem with that was that these, like I said, people on the dining plan, whether it was free dining or paid dining, people on the dining plan that were kind of driving this practice. So we've talked about this before, and we kind of knew that Disney was going to have to do something. And I think you're right. I think this looks like it's going to be. Their uh, their that's, answer to that. Yeah, that's my prediction. Is when we see free dining offered again, it's going to be this level of package add-on. Watch those Lasalle reservations become more available. Exactly. Watch them dry up. I'm not going to use the analogy I was going to use, but <laughs> so this is interesting, and I I, I kind of think this quick serve dining package actually sounds a little bit more reasonable to me than the actual full dining package. Yeah, but at $30, what's the dining package now? It's not much more than that, is it's it? It's gone up to thirty nine ninety nine per adult and ten ninety nine per child, which is... So for an extra $10, you get to eat at the good restaurants? Uh, you get one, instead of one quick service meal, you replace one of those with a, a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, for, $10, you, for yeah. $10 a day? But you're also not getting the two snacks, and you're getting a mug. Which can be a big deal. Currently, it's an option. No. And for people that so what, like two fifty for a couple of bags of potato chips and uh, the mugs are twelve bucks. Twelve now. bucks. So what are you really saving? I don't know. I, for me personally, give me the sit down restaurant. But we hear a lot of people. I go to the parks to go to the parks. Right. I don't want to spend three hours getting to the restaurant, eating at the restaurant, and getting it's the best back part. to a, <laughs> I think so, but. Um, I think it's a good option. I think that people are going to use this quite a bit. I think it fits more with the theme park visiting well, I'm in, plan. I'm really, with the popularity of the dining plan and the reaction that we see whenever any changes are made to the dining plan, I'd be very interested to see how this is received by the, by the larger community. 
I think John's right, though. This is going to be the new free dining. This is going to be the new free dining. I think that's a good point. Let me give you some numbers for the, the package increase. I, want to, I did some 2008 versus 2009 stuff. Actually, Regina helped me with this. Thanks, Regina. Um, in 2008, looking at a magic year away, just the basic package for three nights in a value resort, it came to 366 for adults and 199 for children. In 2009, that's gone up to 374 per for adults and 198 for children. The plus dining package went from 480 for adults to 494 for adults. The Magic Your Way plus dining deluxe plus deluxe dining was 576 for the same package in 2008. In 2009, it's 590 for adults. So while it's not a tremendous increase. There's an increase in there, and of course that's going to also depend on your length of stay and all that sort of thing. But it's not a tremendous increase for the packages themselves. Um, I like the idea of this arcade card being included. I think that's a great plus. It is, especially since they have pretty good arcades at the hotels. And I think this also is part of that um, idea that Pleasure Island's going away. So So the idea of being able to go to Pleasure Island is now being offset a little bit by something else sort of maybe kind of so instead of going to a nightclub you can play ski ball what I'm saying is they're trying to replace one thing for another and trying to give that value back to the guest so you yeah, know we, we yell at them when they take stuff away and don't replace it so we got to give them we got to give them points for that you're right I think we do and I don't I think these prices going up are not um, crazy going up um, we actually saw we we get a lot of advanced bookings for the following year from our clients who know they want to travel. So we have to hold that at Disney's current pricing and then convert it over. And we actually saw some people get some really good deals. So depending on when they wanted to go and what they were using for their discounts and stuff. So, um, you know, it's a tough call at this point. We're going to see how it plays out with people. If they like it, if they're going to be booking, if it doesn't matter to them that it's gone up $14 a person, it might not matter, you know? You know, well... You know how I usually get with ticket price increases? I start getting apoplectic and foaming at the mouth. Um, and, you know, when I first heard they, w- they were going to raise them 5%, I'm like, you guys are idiots. In this economy, it's hard enough for people to get here. It's hard enough for them to afford this. And so you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna raise the rates again? You made a billion dollars last quarter. Knock it off. But at the same time, I don't know what choice they have. I mean, the bottom line is the cost of fuel has gone up 60% in the last year. And any major business, I don't care who you are, any major business is going to be affected by that. It's not just us putting this gas in our, in our tanks. It's the airlines having to fill up their planes. It's Disney having to uh, fill up those buses and the uh, boats and everything else that uses uh, gas in the parks. Everything, you know, All those transportation costs... Magical Express got a lot more expensive in the last year for them to run. Even internal, their internal uh, bus system has got to cost them a fortune. But I, with that being said, I, I do have to say $75, in my opinion, they've now hit a ceiling. I do not believe they will be able to go any higher than this in the next couple of years without it causing real damage and having a real impact. Um, I think that you know we've asked the, we've asked the question, how much is too much? I think we have the answer. I think part of the problem, too, here is perception. 
when people hear it costs $75 a day to go to Disney, they freak. Right. But who really buys a one-day ticket these days? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody buys a multi-day pass, so your price per day goes down significantly. I think Disney has to find a way to, to spin this. So that Maybe it's, do away with the one-day pass altogether? I think they might. I think that's a good idea. I think they still have some one-day visitors buying one-day passes. I don't have anything to base that on. I, I just, have to imagine that even maybe a local going to the parks would say, I'm paying $75 for one day, but I'm paying well, $200 for however, five days. However they choose to do it, if with this being the metric where they put out the number, it's X number of dollars for a one-day, one-park ticket. That's my point. If they're going to keep using that metric, they've, they've maxed out at 75 Now, maybe what they'll do is change it around where they're not putting it out there as a one-day, par- one one-park ticket. They're doing something else with it to justify a change in the price. I don't know. I'm just saying, from my perspective, we asked the question, how much is too much? The answer to that question, my opinion, $75. They're maxed out here. And I think they're going to have to leave the ticket prices alone for a little while. They can't keep raising them. They can't keep raising them in this economy. I don't envy what they have to deal with. They have to maintain the quality of their, their product. They've got to keep it clean. They've got to have come up with new attractions they've got to you know put gas in all that all those buses like i said i don't envy them it's a it's not easy but you know what like i said you made a billion dollars last year so you may you may have to you, you may have to give give somewhere what would soften all of this is if when they raised the tickets they raised employee pay that yeah. if some of this increase if they had made the announcement we're also going to increase our employees pay I think people would – I think it would make everybody look better. Not even from, not even that point, too. What about saying, you know, we're going to increase the one-day pr- price, but we're also going to make sure our parks stay open an hour later or something like that. They're decreasing hours. They're doing away with Fantasmic. You know, so now you're getting less for Well, they're not money. doing away with it there. Well, less pulling back on it significantly. Far fewer, right. far fewer. I just spoke. But, yes, they're cutting back significantly on it. So people are getting now less for more money. So The other thing is they're increasing um, annual pass rates, aren't they? All across the board. All pa- all Any annual pass holders with the advent of these new – these parties every night are losing time that the park is available to them. With Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and the Pirates and Princesses Party, every time they add a new party date, an annual pass holder loses that evening in the park. I saw something very interesting on the boards. I wish I knew remember who said it because I'd like to credit them for it. Why, people who want a one-day pass should look at the parties because they can get in as early as 4 o'clock now or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they can walk into the park. So you've got eight or nine hours where you can enjoy the park, and it's $50, $55. I don't know exactly what the That's price is. That's a good are. point. So now, instead of buying a $75 ticket for one day, why don't you buy this? Now, of course, you're, you're just at that park. You're just at the Magic Kingdom. You can't park hop, or you can't use it as a different park, but that's an option for those people to use. Yeah. It's less crowded. How, the other thing is, though, during those parties, not everything is open. That's true. Food service places aren't open. All the food service places aren't open. Things you get like a snapshot, that. but you do get fireworks parade. On, but on uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for, if you're looking to save a little money on a one day ticket, yeah, that's a, it's not a bad idea. <coughs> Excuse me. No. 
someone else suggested, well, what about they used to do a half day ticket? Remember, I think actually it was just for Florida residents, but at Epcot was an after five, after yeah. four, after four ticket. They do offer those for conventioneers, so maybe make those available to people for a reduced rate after four at Epcot. Universal has a ticket out um, right now. It's a one-day, two-park ticket, and includes round-trip transportation from any from the Disney area hotels. That's a great deal. Yeah. For how much? Do you know how much it is? Eighty-five, ninety-nine, without tax or fees. I also think Disney should offer a one-day park hopper. I wouldn't hop to four different parks in one day. Yeah, that would be well, hard. but some people would want to do two. Right, Magic yeah. King in the morning. If you're going to charge somebody seventy five dollars, they should be able to ride Soren and Everest if that's what yeah. they came for. Right. All right. Well, I'm sure we're going to have uh, more to say on the issue of price increases and the economy and tickets. I do not think we have heard the last of any of this. But thank you very much, John, for filling us in on that. That is going to do it for the news this week. All right, we're going to move on with uh, rapid fire. I don't have one today, so it's just you four. Who's going first? Me. There you go. Ha-ha. I had to wait till last last week, so got to steal my <laughs> spot back. The Athletes for a Cure Triathlon is coming up. It's going to be held at the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground on Sunday, September 21st of this year at 6.45 a.m. I'm there. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. <laughs> This event's going to raise funds for the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and $25 of each athlete's entry fee will go to the foundation. They don't tell you how much it is to Will they be doing public exams? No, Peter. Okay. (laughs) It's an international distance triathlon. It's going to feature a 1.5K swim. That's .9 miles. A 40K bike ride. That's 24.8 miles. I did these conversions for you guys. And a 10K run. 6.2 miles. Actually, they did them for me. (laughs) There's also going to be a special fundraising division where the race goes to the biggest heart and not the fastest legs. In this race, the awards are going to range from a 2XU race uniform, don't ask me what that is, to a seven-day cruise. They're giving away prizes for the most enlarged heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm training training now. And they're giving away 2X uniforms. (laughs) I imagine they're, you know, like the uniforms the triathletes wear. Right in two X? <laughs> no, it's yeah, not a two X. That would be pretty. U. It's like the style or like oh. you know the type of uniform. Because nothing's prettier than spandex in two X. You know how the the men swimmers yeah. for the Olympics. That, that was just an idea gone bad. Oh, yeah. That are like shorts See, and like skin tight. I stop it! Gets better. It <laughs> I want everyone to see each and every contour of my body. (laughs) Please, I look like the Michelin man. (laughs) Really? I like his dog, the Michelin dog. Give me one in black and white, and I could double for Shamu. (laughs) (laughs) But it goes to a good cause, so I hope, I'm sure they'll have plenty of people who enter. Sponsored by Vaseline, right? Sorry. You never saw any of that coming, did you? She thought, I got a good one. It's, they won't say anything. I always do the race ones. <laughs> Come on, Martin. It's your turn. Sweet. Uh, I have the Disney Cruise Line Halloween activities. Uh, if you're on board the Disney Magic or Wonder on October 31st, there's going to be family trick-or-treating, parties for the kids and teens, and there's going to be a costume contest in the following categories. Funniest, best group. Most spooky, most original, most Disney. No weapons are allowed, real or fake. So really? if you're going to be a pirate, I I. take that in consideration. Real. <laughs> Can I put that disclaimer? Real or fake? Yeah. <laughs> I think the winner of that spandex uniform might get spookiest. <laughs> <laughs> Our funniest. So. 
Robinson. Thank you, Corey. Well, my rapid fire is kind of um, beside the point after our last discussion about the raising ticket prices. Thunder Stealer to my left ruined it. Uh, Disney, Wor- theme, Disney World theme park parking has gone up. Cars, taxis, shuttles, limousines, and motorcycles are now $12. Campers and trailers are $13. And buses and tractor trailers are $16. The price is also increased for premium spots at the wide world of sports, and that's $5. So now you pay more for parking. That's right. Unreal. But they're going to increase how good the parking is. I'm sure they will. (laughs) You get more for your money. Thank you, Kevin. I have that 384 rooms at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort are going to get a Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Uh, these, all of these rooms are located in the Trinidad South Village area, and the rooms will feature a bed shaped like ships from Pirates of the Caribbean, dressers that resemble old crates, and curtains that appear to be tattered sails. So I think that people who are looking for a themed room for their kids, this is going to be great. Absolutely. Uh, add this to the fact that they're also doing the Nemo-themed rooms at uh, Caribbean Beach. They fill your room with water. <laughs> <laughs> and a dentist. <laughs> so that'll be fun. It'll also be fun when everybody wants those rooms and they're not available and there's, you know, yeah, Very fitting upset. for that resort. Yeah. Cool. That's well, it. Thank you very much. And that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our first segment of the show, uh, my review, or actually our review, of the Polynesian. Uh, Walter and I stayed there a couple weeks back. And, uh, you know, we had started doing the... Uh, I, ha- I hate to keep bringing this up like Bob's death, but like the third time in the show I'm mentioning it, but we had started doing hotel reviews uh, right before Bob passed away, and then uh, we kind of didn't pick up on it again until uh, this review here with the Poly, and then we have another one coming up in a few weeks for the Wilderness Lodge, and the Yacht and Beach Club will be after that. So we have uh, several of them scheduled over the course of the next six to eight weeks. So starting with the Polynesian. Now, I've been to the Polynesian a couple of times before. I will preface this by saying the Poly has always been among my favorite resorts, Uh, mainly for its theming. I really love that, that tropical, lush greenery. Uh, the layout, its location, the view across the lake to the Magic Kingdom, uh, just the, the size of the rooms. There's just a, a lot of things about, about the Polynesian I've always loved. Uh, a little background on the Polynesian. It opened in 1971. It opened, uh, it opened along with the Contemporary at the, uh, when the Magic Kingdom uh, opened its doors. And uh, Although the Contemporary is considered the first resort to open on property. I've heard anecdotal rumors over the years that, in fact, the Polynesian was the first resort to actually house guests, that VIPs were housed there uh, the night before the grand opening. And I've heard that, but I've never seen it quantified anywhere. But uh, it opened in 1971 with uh, 492 rooms. It has been expanded now to 853 rooms. And these are also among the largest rooms on property, uh, clocking in at about 420, an average of about 420 square feet. Uh, the rooms are contained in a bunch of bu- a series of different buildings. Uh, there are 11 buildings, all named for various Polynesian islands, things like Tonga, Fiji, Hawaii, Samoa, so on and so forth. And it is uh, 
obviously themed around the Polynesian Isles, the South Polynesian Isles. And uh, in talking about the check-in process, I'm going to let John do that because John actually did the check-in uh, for that. And I, we, John, Walter and I hadn't gotten there yet. So, Check-in was probably the easiest I've ever experienced at a Disney resort. There was no one in line. I walked right up. This was probably about 2 or 2.30 in the afternoon. Walked right up, got an incredible cast member. She couldn't have been nicer, uh, couldn't have been more efficient. We got through the process in minutes, and it was just incredible. I mean, there usually you expect to wait at least a little bit in line behind people. I don't know if it was the time of day that I went or it was because it was a weekday. You got lucky. I must have just got lucky. It was an incredible experience. And, I mean, she couldn't have been more Disney-like if I if I asked for it. She yeah. was incredible. Um Say something I forgot I was gonna say. Oh, she also gave us a, uh, a very special surprise on check-in. Correct. When I checked in, she informed me that we had been upgraded to concierge suite uh, with a lagoon view, which is a very, very nice surprise. Yes, it um, was. And I think what I liked about it was she was um, she wasn't like crazy about it, like ooh, you know, confetti didn't fall out of the sky and balloons didn't go up or anything <laughs> like that. But she was. You know, nice enough about it to be excited for me, but also sort of, you know, judge my response and sort of keep it a little low key. I didn't want people around me to know that. Right. So it was, I just thought she handled it very well. She was so professional and so nice through the whole process. And um, there was a question of uh, your key. What was I going to do with your key? And not missing a beat, leave it with me. And when he comes in, all he has to do is come and get it, or you could have got it at the concierge lounge. So as seamless as you'd ever want it to be. And it was when uh, Walter and I arrived, same thing. I mean, we, our keys were wait, waiting for us. We really didn't have much of a wait. The nice surprise was that uh, because you were concierge guests, they uh, put you on a golf cart and drive you to your room. So you're not, oh, like, nice. walking through the resort. And especially that particular day, it was... We wanted, we went to see the room. They didn't offer that to us. Yeah, they whisked us away in a golf cart. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Now I hate that one at the front desk. <laughs> was a witch. She chipped me. <laughs> she was a witch. And, uh, you know, the concierge lounge, uh, I'll get into a, a, a much uh, more detailed discussion a little bit later, but uh, the concierge lounge on, at the Polynesian is really something to behold, I have to say. That an upgrade to concierge at the Poly is something special. And at first I was a little concerned that the cat might be out of the bag, and that's why it happened that they realized it was us, and they upgraded us. But in uh, the course of my conversations with people, uh, it, that was not the case. This does happen on occasion. What we normally do when we do these reviews is we pay, uh, we pay whatever the prevailing rate is, whatever the best publicly available pre- prevailing rate is. If we can use our annual pass or something like that, we'll use that, but we never use like a travel agent rate or anything like that. In this particular case, we were paying 440 a night, for a uh, standard garden view room. Uh, now, in order to get, like if you were going to pay to get upgraded to concierge, we're talking about an additional fee of 150 to $200 a day. So this is not a small upgrade. But what happens is, is if they have, like if all the garden view rooms are filled, because they will overbook the resort, if all the rooms in your category are filled, they've got to put you somewhere. And if that's the only place they can put you, that's where you go. So we were, we were lucky. We were lucky. The timing was right. And uh, we got into our room, and as I always remembered, we were on the second floor, so we didn't have a balcony. 
um, in the uh, the building we were in. But uh, we had this incredible, like John said, a lagoon view, but it was a dead-on uh, Cinderella Castle view. I mean, just out the window, there it was. It was really, really cool. And these rooms are more spacious, as I said. They're about 420 square feet on average. And uh, they have also gone through a very uh, re- relatively recent rehab where those big bulky armoires that used to be in the hotel rooms are now gone, and they're replaced with, uh, in this case, a desk and dresser combination, flat-screen television uh, built into the wall. Of course, always in the rooms and at the poly is a, a, a sleeper sofa. And in our case, we had two queen beds. Uh, rooms at the poly, along with uh, rooms at the Contemporary and a few other hotels, will allow for five people in the room. I wouldn't recommend five adults in one of these rooms, but if you're a family of five, it's doable. Uh, they do not charge for a family of five if it's two adults and three kids. There's no extra charge for having five people in the room. If it's five adults, each additional adult past the first two is going to pay $25 extra per person per night. So do keep that in mind. But these are large, comfortable rooms. Uh, again, all the new bedding, same as uh, same bedding that they had at the, Poly- or at the uh, Contemporary, which is these... Uh, new Sealy uh, comfort mattresses. This is Disney's response to um, heavenly, heavenly beds. They're the, tre- the trend in the industry towards what uh, towards heavenly beds, which is what Sheridan does. And uh, but I got to tell you, I Walter, you weren't at the uh, the Contemporary when I did that review. You were having you were becoming scar. Um, but I, I I don't know. I didn't find the beds at the Poly quite as comfortable as the beds at the Contemporary. And I, I, I don't know why, because it was the same bed, the exact same type of bed. And because at first I thought, you know, maybe the poly beds hadn't been, hadn't been swapped out. And I looked, I'm like, no, it's the new one. And if you want to buy the bed, if you're impressed with the bed, you'll be happy to know there's a catalog in your room. With a price list, yeah. That includes a price list. Our queen-size bed was a steal, I guess, at $1,100. $1, yeah. Is um, that include the mattress, or is that... Is that everything? Yeah, that's ma- I'm pretty sure it's a mattress box spring. That's actually not bad. That's um, not bad when you think about it. No, we we bought a new mattress and it was. I don't know. Close I, to you that. know, and, and it may be it may be a great price. I just think it's a just a tad tacky. Um, to you know, it's kind of like you know going into a restaurant and you see art on the wall and it's got a price tag on it. Kind of the same thing, but uh, again, they were they were comfortable beds. They were more than adequate. Uh, the bathroom is a real experience at the oh, yeah. Poly, um, done in jade marble, all done in jade marble, which is very nice. But as Walter pointed out, sort of like a ma- mausoleum, though. Yeah, it, it kind of had that mausoleum feel to it. Um, another complaint, though, that I have uh, one complaint about, I had about the bathroom was the height of the shower head. It was- now, I am not by any stretch of the imagination an overly tall person i'm an average height 510 and this shower head came up to the tip of my nose and if i wanted to wet my hair i'm having to bend it and i'm saying why is it am i in like the little person room is this you know it's welcome to my world well yeah exactly it's that's what i was thinking about i was thinking about you two now kevin you're what six five. six five john six three see i didn't know you felt that way because i felt the same thing because it's like, why should I have to crawl underneath the shower head? Because you can get the, the fixtures that make it go up and down, so you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, it was just a little odd. Um, that was a little. That uh, one of the complaints I had about the bathroom. Um, of course, in the bathrooms 
at the Poly, my beloved H2O. It's the H2O Aquatics line. Of course, I uh, I collected those aggressively. <laughs> I don't know. Collected pill for whatever you want to call it. Oh, the other thing also that I want to mention that's in the rooms all the time, and they're pushing this hard, are these bounce-back off- offers that... Uh, Depending on what type of resort you're staying in, you'll get offers. Like the Polynesians are deluxe, so our bounce-back offer were for other deluxe resorts, either a deluxe a villa resort uh, offering 40% off a future stay or 30% off a regular deluxe resort. And uh, they're, like I said, we, got, we were there in, in July, and there were plenty of dates available for the August, all of September, couple weeks in October, the middle of November, and the first two weeks of December were all available on this bounce-back offer. So um, if you're coming in, it is a nice way to save some money, but you're going to have to book to come back within the next, like, three or four months. So, but I consider the rooms, uh, I I, I consider the room above average, um, as as opposed to, you know, in comparison to most hotel rooms I stay in, um, it was definitely very nice. I will have to say, though, that the room was not quite – I was not quite as impressed with the room as I was with the room at the Contemporary. I thought the room at the Contemporary was designed better, and I just liked the feel of it, which I never thought I'd live to see the day that I would say that. But I have to be honest, and I thought – and again, this is the difference between very good and very, very good. So it's really not a huge difference, and I'm certainly not disparaging the rooms at the Poly, just saying personal preference – I found uh, well the the rooms in the hotel do not show their age. You would have no idea it's such an old hotel. That, well, that was you know, one of the things that really impressed us was you know walking just walking around the resort, realizing this resort is thirty seven years old. Do you know what I noticed? I went with John to check in, so I got to see the room before you guys even got there. The ceilings in the hallways are still like old asbestos acoustic tile. I'm sure it's and not I'm, asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I won't. But they, it, in my opinion, it dates that hotel. I can't believe that they couldn't have added a different a covering for that that wouldn't update the that hotel. It just made it look. It, in my opinion, I thought the same thing in the concierge lounge that it gave it a very nineteen seventies feel. I got to be honest, I didn't even notice. I didn't notice at all. One of the things I notice about all Disney resorts is once you when you get in the hallway. You feel like you could be almost anywhere. They do great, great theming and things like that, but the hallways are all very generic. Yeah. So it's very weird. But once you you open the door to your room, the first thing you see is that view. So I know it I, was that was pretty impressive. So it's kind of hard to. Kevin's a lot closer to the ceiling than we are, so maybe that's why yeah. I noticed. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. You know, it's it's true. And I, when I walked in, I was looking for details. I wanted to see what I thought and have an opinion. So when we did this, I would be able to at least join in. And it's just it's surprising that they would spend that much money on a rehab and then leave that sort of 1970s ceiling. Well, one of the other annoying things about the room was uh, the, the Polynesian theme music that plays around the property. There, there, there must have been a speaker like literally attached to the window of our room. <laughs> I think it's because like 25 feet away. Truly. Starting at 8 a.m. and not stopping until 11 p.m. was that annoying Don Ho, Don, bad Don Ho music that was being played. And it was really getting annoying. I was to the point where I said something. And then I said, once I said something, then they 
it's, they fixed it. I don't know what they did to it. But I said, really, should I have to listen to this? Is that what I have to wake up to? Well, we came in late one night, and they had turned it down to, like, I guess, nighttime volume, where you could hear it when you were out, but you couldn't hear it in the room. But during the day, you could hear it blasting oh, everywhere. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was like it was right there in the room with us. So minor complaints, things that were, you know, easily addressed. Well, the shower head issue wasn't easily addressed, but the music issue was easily addressed by mentioning something to them, which I want to mention. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the concierge lounge and the staff. Um, the concierge lounge uh, is, well, the concierge lounge exists in its own building. There's, the concierge building is the Hawaii building. And the lounge that they have is, is, is a two-story lounge, the front of which faces Bay Lake, or Seven Seas Lagoon, excuse me, and is floor-to-ceiling uh, glass. So you have this beautiful panoramic view of, of Seven Seas Lagoon, the Grand Floridian, and the Magic Kingdom. What's really cool is at night they turn down the lights, pipe in the music, and it's, a, it's one of the best locations to watch the fireworks from, really and truly. In my and opinion, the best concierge lounge. There's, yeah, no, I have to. I say, think without a doubt, I not only the best. Con- so. It's not only the best concierge lounge on Disney property. It's the best concierge lounge I've ever been in, mm. and that's saying something because I've been in a lot of concierge la- lounges all all around the country. Now, for the lounge though, uh, there's a palm tree they need to take out. Because I you can, agree. You can only see on the right side, so everyone's powered up on the right side. No one's on the left side because there's a giant palm tree blocking the view there of the fireworks. Huge, there's a huge palm tree. And I'm a tree hugger. I would never norm, nor, normally not say that, but it truly is it's blocking the, the view. Yes, it's in the way. Can we tell a story about the lounge? Sure. Um, Kevin's folks have been coming to Disney since 1971, bringing Kevin and his brother. And they have seen a lot, especially in the last couple of years with us trying to do as much as we can and go to different restaurants, they had never been in the Polynesian's uh, concierge lounge. They've never been in a concierge lounge. So we went one day, and I said, let's just go and look at it. They were mesmerized. They were like, I can't believe this exists, something we've never known about on Disney property, Wow! A place they've never seen. They were just... My father kept saying to me, I don't have to pay for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's- in, in, in this particular instance, that was probably a good thing. Let me get to that. Um, as with all concierge lounges, uh, this one offers uh, a variety of snacks and food throughout the day. Um, you have uh, breakfast... Uh, breakfast service is offered from it's a continental breakfast pastries juices cereals things like that from 7 to 10:30 in the morning uh, they have refreshments which are going to be like a uh, little like snack like tiny little, like like pretzels I think it was like chips and chips and pretzels, and pretzels and juices and things like that and they have their guava orange passion fruit juice and right from 11:30 that goes from 11:30 in the afternoon uh, in the morning till 4 p.m. in the afternoon then they serve what they call appetizers, wine, and cheese selections from 5 to 7, and cordials and desserts from 8 to 10. Now, the reason I say they call it uh, appetizers from 5 to 7, um, these things were not appetizers. It these, was a meal. These were meals that they were serving. Let me, let me read to you some of the evening uh, offerings that were there while we were there. Uh, barbecued pulled pork with whole grain buns and Asian coleslaw. Vegetable spring rolls, tropical pineapple fruit tray, assorted cheese tray, and a vegetable platter. That was Sunday's offering. Monday was California rolls and cucumber avocado rolls. Make your own Asian noodle bowl, 
tropical pineapple fruit tray. Um, they always have the cheese tray and the vegetable platter. Tuesday was slow roasted barbecue pork ribs, hot and sour soup with chicken. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Aloha chicken drumsticks and Aloha fried rice. Uh, Thursday, vegetable lo mein, Asian style lettuce wraps. Friday, the marinated turkey skewers with the peanut sauce. Yeah, kill yourself. This was so good. Um, and a jasmine right with coconut curry sauce. And on Saturday, the Kona sticky wings, which are just out of this world. And uh, Kony curry shrimp chowder. So it kind of gives you an idea. And like I said, there's also, you know, always a fruit dish or, and a salad type dish. And then they've got the great uh, uh, no crust peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which I think are the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches ever made. The Uncrustables. The Uncrustables. I think the Smuckers makes them. You can actually buy them in your grocery store. Yeah. Can you? And they're really good. They're very, very they're tasty. They're really good. Now, do they keep bringing the food out? The reason I ask is because at the uh, Hard Rock Concierge Lounge, one, they brought the food out, but once it was gone, it was gone. No, no they, they kept bringing bring it out. It was just constantly being refilled. It's it was great. constantly being refilled. Now, a lot of people ask, have asked, and we've played voicemails and read emails on the show over the years, asking if, you know, if I'm in concierge, uh, do I need to eat dinner? And my answer has always been you never expect a meal replacement in a concierge lounge. My suggestion, if you're staying at the Poly, this is one of the only times that I think concierge could actually be a bargain. If you have a family of four and you're staying at the Poly in concierge, I would have my big meal at lunch and then I would have dinner in that lounge because I think they're serving enough food. You can keep going back and getting plate after plate. But everything we had there, I got to tell you the truth. Um, if we had, if we you know, eat a big meal at lunch, there was more than enough food being served to make a very you know, it's not gonna, it's not an elegant dinner, but it gets the job done. The other thing too that I think is a huge money saver is there's constant drinks available, sodas and water, and these are cans and things that are, are portable, so you could take them back to the room. No, the water's not portable. I didn't see any. No, the water's not. They I only saw, have. I saw somebody port one. They they have a big they have a big bottle they have big bottles of uh, uh, Aquafine I think it was Evian I believe or, it was. or whatever yeah. it was we watched people walk out with those are you serious yeah because mm-hmm. they're large glass bottles yeah well the other neat thing about this concierge lounge what makes it unique among all of the concierge lounges on on Disney property is that it's open twenty four hours now it's not staffed twenty four hours but the lounge is open so at two o'clock in the morning this, and this happened to me you get up and you need something to drink. You can go into the lounge, and the sodas and the water and everything is all there. And they leave out some snacks and some stu- stuff like that. Plus, there's like a little uh, seating area with a television for the kids. And um, and I got to tell you, the lounge is great. The food is great. The staff is great. That's I was just going to say the oh, staff sorry. was the staff was absolutely tremendous. Now, with the exception of the. Uh, of the palm tree blocking the view of the fireworks, my only complaint about concierge, and it's a big one, is the coffee. Now, yes, we were upgraded, but still paying $440 a night to be there. Other people were paying more than that, closer to $600, $700 a night to be there. And the coffee you are served in that concierge lounge is instant Nestle Nescafe coffee out of a machine. There's a large machine, and you push one for coffee, and, two for whatever. And this, and we're not talking. I'm not talking about the concentrate that Disney uses, the coffee concentrate that they just add hot water to 
in other areas around property. No, this is actually freeze dried Nescafe. It foams, and when it yeah, it foams. Real coffee does not foam. No. Now, this is the Polynesian. This is one of Disney's signature resorts. This is a world class, a world class concierge lounge from start to finish. Why are you serving me instant coffee? Especially when I can walk over to the main building upstairs as you're getting onto the monorail. The Kona Cafe has a little uh, uh, um, annex there where you can buy Kona coffee, real Kona coffee. And at least for breakfast, that's what they ought to be serving in the concierge lounge. You want to leave. This is what Walter, Walter suggested. You know, you want to leave that, that Nescafe for the rest of the day fine, but at least for breakfast, put out some real coffee. I was glad we had the little uh, coffee maker in the room because at least it was brewed. Walter preferred the crappy in-room, but he always drinks the crappy in-room coffee, <laughs> but he preferred that to, to see, the concierge coffee. See, my father thought it was cool that it came out of the machine and it was free. <laughs> I was say. He it, was, it was awful. He doesn't have a refined palate right. really when it comes to coffee. You know, let me can, also, let me go ahead. grape it out of the bottom of the pot. You know, it doesn't matter. One thing on top of that, though, was they had an incredible tea selection. And I know you're not a tea drinker. Yeah, they did. An unbelievable tea selection. So, so we can hi- I can really highly recommend concierge. I don't want to spend too much more time on that because there's some some very important things I got to get to. Um. And I actually, I, I think I'll just move on to dining uh, really quick. And I, I say really quick because I just don't want to mar an otherwise beautiful review with the rant I would otherwise go off on right now. Oh, I'm going to guess. Can I guess? No, hold on. Okay. Um, it seemed to me that every area of this resort was incredibly well run and incredibly well managed with one glaring exception. Whoever is food and beverage manager at this place needs to be spoken to. Okay? Uh, Kona Cafe. What I can say about Kona Cafe is that it uh, does a wonderful job at mediocrity. And I'm not going to do a full review here because that's Kevin's, that's Kevin's deal. But I'll tell you, we all ate uh, lunch I think the first or second day we were over there, uh, the whole all of us ate lunch at the Kona Cafe. And i got to say, this is my second or third meal there in the last couple of months, and it really seems like they are striving for mediocrity. I, I think that's the only way I could describe it. And I can also say it is by far the best dining venue they have. Because um, then we go to Captain Cook's, which is their quick service. And this part of it at least gets a little bit better than it was going to be because the first two experiences we had at Captain Cook's, when I tell you, they were horrendous. I mean, swill doesn't begin to cover. It's not cheap. Well, the first night, our hamburgers were overdone. The not well, uh, hamburgers that were overdone, pizzas uh, that pizza pizzas that looked right. like they had been uh, these personal pizzas that really looked like it had been microwaved, uh, where the outside of it, the outside of the crust was almost so hard you couldn't bite it, yet the inside was like mushy. Um, it was just, it was terrible. It was terrible and filthy. I'm going to put some pictures up that I mm-hmm. took on my cell phone of the condition of the floors in this place. None of the tables were being wiped down. There was food and French fries and candy and paper all over the place, and cast members walking around doing nothing. 
Well, they would come and maybe walking around up, and walking around with a broom and a, a, a sweeper thing. They would pick up trash, but they would not wipe down the tables. Well, they won't. No, I mean they would pick up the empty containers on the table. Well, the tables they were not sweeping and they were no. not wiping down the tables. The tables were not wiped down. And yes, and this for the you know for the benefit of paying fourteen dollars for you know a lunch. And now, like I said, the first two times we went there, very very bad. And it, I mean, serious. I was like going to call somebody, but then we talked to some other people who were staying there, some some other guests. We're saying, oh, I, you know, I'm surprised because I had some good stuff. So we went back again, and we ordered a whole bunch of stuff just to see. And, I, and I'll have to say that that time we went back, it was better. It was measurably better. So at the very least, they're inconsistent. Now, I really like the kiosks they have. They have touchscreen kiosks where you walk up and order what you want. It's really nice. I like the fact that they, it's the only other place on property, to the best of my knowledge, that sells Dole Whips other than the location in the Magic Kingdom. Um, and it is very convenient, and it does have some good stuff. There is some good stuff on the menu. Um, but be aware that it's really inconsistent, and it may not be, it may not be to your liking. Uh, uh, make sure you check the, um, the refrigerator, refrigerator aisle, because all the healthy stuff is in there. If you look at the menu, all you see is the cheeseburgers, the pizza, the pulled pork, and you're like, is there anything decent to eat? You have to go look inside the refrigerator uh, area, and, and I, that's where they have sandwiches and salads and stuff like that. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, we had noticed that what was coming off the grill, like, I've gotten accustomed lately to go to a Disney restaurant, and you're seeing some healthier options pretty, pretty evident. They weren't real evident on this, uh, you know, on the grill menu. And you did have to go over to the refrigerator. But even when you went over to the refrigerators and looked, it didn't have the same kind of selection of things, same kind of selection of sandwiches and fruits and vegetables that I found over at the Contemporary. Um, the Contemporary had a much wider selection of healthy options and much more readily available. And that's a temporary location. And that was a temporary location at that point, yeah. So, But this leads us to Ohana and the character breakfast. Wait, let me get comfortable. And we went into this. I went into this making sure that I was going to be fair-minded. And I'm very good at this. I, can, I did it with the contemporary. I've done it with many things. I'm very good at putting past experiences out of my mind, going in and really looking at it from a fresh perspective and trying to be fair. And it's exactly what I did with this. And I also decided to mitigate the uh, uh, criticism that we get from time to time with some of our character meal reviews or some of our reviews is that, you know, we don't have children, therefore we don't really appreciate. Well, this time I went with children. This time we had Walter's family in tow, including his nephew Max, who was 17, his niece Gracie, who was 13, and his niece Stella, who is six. So we had children in tow. I had every demographic covered. And I'm going to tell you what they said. Well, no, I'm going to tell you. Look, we sat down. We were seated very quickly. It took a little bit, it took a little too long for anybody to come and even acknowledge us. But once she did, she was very good. So I've got no complaints about the service. It's the food, people. It's the food. Now, I'm, I'm told repeatedly in these criticisms that we get about places like Ohana that uh, the food isn't important because the entertainment is so good. And that you can overlook the food because the character interaction and the character experience. 
We sat there for 45 minutes before a character ever walked up to the table. Once a character did come up to the table, they stayed, hugged, took a picture, and left. No, long enough for a picture. They stood there, you took a couple of shots, and then they moved they to the were next off. table. And like I said, we waited 45 minutes, and then all the characters come pretty much at once. And then you don't see them again. As opposed to Chef Mickey's, where the character interaction was paced brilliantly. It was... Uh, those characters spent as much time at that table as you wanted them to. You were not, you didn't sense that you were being rushed. Crystal Palace is like that also. And, and Exactly. And my point is there are numerous examples on property of how to do this correctly. And for a restaurant that old that's been doing this that long, there's no damn excuse for it. And then we're going to get to the food. This food I'm supposed to tolerate because of this wonderful entertainment that we're having. Okay. The eggs were, well, you know what? Walter's nephew, Max, put it best when he said, this is like the breakfasts they serve in school. Oh. <laughs> and what I loved about it, what I loved about it is it was an unsolicited comment. It just kind of came out of him. The, and so this is what, and so I don't want to hear it anymore that this, this type of food can be overlooked. We cut into a sausage. I'm not kidding you. A stream of grease arced out of this sausage onto the table. It spewed grease all over Pete. I we thought could, stuck in a we fork. Could have, we could solve the energy crisis tomorrow <laughs> if we start drilling in Ohana on those sausages. <laughs> then, of course, then you've got the, uh, the Mickey waffles, which are everyone's favorite. I'm glad you people like cold waffles. I'm really oh, happy for you. the worst. But I'm not going to eat a cold waffle. And that was the problem with all the food they served. It was either room temperature or lower. Um, then they, you know, the, the one thing they got right was that juice. It was a... Orange guava passion fruit. Yeah, an orange guava passion fruit juice. Delicious. Too bad it's being served at room temperature. I don't know about you. I like my juice cold. I like my breakfast hot. And I got everything just the opposite. My breakfast was cold and my juice was hot. You are a food snob, apparently. Uh, yes, apparently, <laughs> because I like my food to be, I don't know, edible. And again, here we go. Here we go. What is up with Ohana? Why is it allowed to continue like this? Why is a restaurant like that in a, Disney, in a premium, premier Disney resort that has been there for 37 years, that has the experience and knowledge of how many locations that do this well. That was an awful character meal experience. If you want to have a character meal and you want to get some value for your money and you want your kids to interact with characters, simply go on the monorail, take it two stops over to the Contemporary, and eat at Chef Mickey's. Leave Ohana alone. That's how I felt about Cinderella's Royal Table. And I think the fact that people continue to pack these locations, there's no incentive to fix it. Why should they change it? It is what I've said a million times, that when these restaurants get, get successful, it goes to their heads. They become complacent. And they become complacent. Well, now, do you get, we didn't get a choice. I mean, you just get the big skillet with scrambled eggs, sausage, bacon. Right. It's our fa- this is our family style. And some fruit. So there's a big gigantic platter of this and that's that's what you get 
It I was, got the same criticism when I talked about Whispering Canyon that I should overlook the food because of the entertainment value. And I look, I'm going to tell you right now, not for what Disney is charging. You don't overlook the food at a meal. And we, okay. say, we say this all the time. I don't I'm, care what drag show you're running. I don't care what <laughs> parade you're having. You're just running through the middle of the restaurant. What ancillary character is coming out to hug me. I don't care. <laughs> you, do not, you do not overlook the food at a meal. Okay? I don't care. We say this all the time. It cannot cost you any more to make good, hot food than it does to serve the garbage. It's that they all serve. about laziness. It's all about laziness. And that is where the Polynesian suffers. It suffers in this one area um, because the rest of it is just – and it's glaring. It's even more glaring because the rest of the resort is so well run. I've never had a good meal at the Polynesian. I thought I agreed with you about Kona, but I've never had a decent meal at the Poly. And it's really a shame. At the end, I, we were just going to Captain Cook's out of default. It was like at least you can get a hamburger. Did you try room service at all? Yes, we did. We did order room service, and room service was quite good. I have to say we had breakfast. Yes, that was good. And it was quite good. Um, but it was also, two of us to have breakfast um, was, I believe, 75 or $80. <laughs> and I'm telling we didn't... Oh, well, no, that's, we didn't order a whole lot and we didn't. I mean, we had coffee, and we had juice, and I think I had Eggs Benedict. I, I, I'll have to look. We had steak and eggs. I think both of us steak had steak and, and eggs. eggs. We had steak so and eggs. For that much money, Walter should have dressed up like Lilo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah. How do you know he didn't? <laughs> just guessing. I don't know. Now, I do want to just talk a little bit, uh, before I wrap this up, I just want to talk a little bit about the common areas of the pool in particular, which is fantastic. a fantastic pool. Um, I don't know that it holds, uh, it holds its own against uh, Storm Along Bay at the Yacht and Beach, but it is a very popular pool. Uh, one of the things I always say is if your pool is full at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with kids, that means they don't want to go to the theme parks. They want to stay in your pool. That's a successful pool. And that was pretty much the story there. And I know uh, Walter's uh, nieces and nephews loved it. You loved it. I liked it a lot. And, uh, you know, just it was the common areas, the grounds. It's so nice to walk around. Um, There's a marina right there off of the pool area where you can rent pontoon boats, which is what we did. And uh, the little tiny. But I got to I got to tell you something. I don't like driving a boat on Bay Lake or Seven Seas Lagoon. There are too many crazy people and those little water mice zipping around, not looking where they're going. I, I'm just how does it? How, how has there not been a death yet? I really don't know. I thought we were going to get nailed about three or four times. I don't mind because it gives me something to aim for. <laughs> <laughs> they were coming at us. We didn't have to aim for them. <laughs> but. <clears throat> Overall, I can say that even at $440 a night, the poly, and, and you can get rooms at the Poly less than that if you do your advanced planning, if you, you know, look for those annual pass holder rates, time your visit right. We were there in the middle of summer, peak season, rates are at the highest. Um, but I can tell you right now that any experience at the Poly, shy of the food, is an outstanding experience. It's an authentic Disney experience. I think it is an incredibly well-run hotel. I can't wait to go back. I told Walter that I'm gonna have, we're going to have to start booking like long weekends at the concierge lounge just for ourselves to get away. We had such a relaxing time. It was the best resort experience I've had in a long time. Yeah. I think just the best, period. Would you let my mother and father know when you're going to do that? Sure. Because they love that concierge lounge. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go out and start hanging out outside that building and waiting to make, make friends. <laughs> And like I said, I, I we really we had a great we had a great stay, a great staff, 
very well run, and honestly, can highly recommend the resort. Um, the staff will aloha it. you to death. Yeah, that was the other thing, the aloha. Every time you come in, aloha. Everyone's like, aloha, aloha. I would run with my hands up, like, <laughs> trying to make it to the elevator. <laughs> trying not to make eye contact with cast members. Don't aloha me. Aloha. Well, because, like, the first couple of times they do aloha, it's cute. But then after that, it's like, oh, my God, stop it. Just say hello to me. You've seen me 13 times today. Will you stop it? Just say hey. Or just ignore me at this point. You've got it out of the way. Well, you know, Let's just set up a rule right now between you and just me. Just two a day. One aloha a day. But you just got to say it once, and after that, I'll consider it assumed the rest of the time I see you. That's because that's one of those words that means many things. It means hello, goodbye, drop dead, I never want to see you again. So you don't know how they meant it. Get Shut up, the, cow. Get out of the concierge lounge. <laughs> Stop eating all the food, pig. So, all right, that'll do it for our Polynesian review. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, Corey Martin and Will Perry had a chance to experience kind of skydiving in their Extreme Orlando segment for this episode. So, guys, why don't you tell us about what what you went and did? Yeah, this was kind of a, a spontaneous thing. We had something else planned, but the, it was horrible, horrible weather on Friday. So we just... Um, had to find something that was indoors. So we went and did the Sky Venture. It's like a, it's a free fall skydiving adventure. If you've been on I-4 around Universal or International Drive around Wet n' Wild, you've seen this thing sticking up. It's weird looking. It's like a... Um, it looks to me like an inverted uh, spaceship like from uh, yeah, NASA. It's, it's like, like a, a transmission. or yeah, Air conditioning duct and a UFO had a baby. That's what this thing would look like. It was weird. Um, so we decided uh, we wanted to go check it out first. We didn't commit when we showed up. We just said, let's go check it out. And, and there's a little observation deck where you can go watch other people look silly. <laughs> and so we decided to do it. Because you will. You will. There's no yeah. way. If you're not a professional. You can't look cool. There's just no, no. way to look graceful doing this. <laughs> Before we go any further, did you buy any of their garbage? Do what? Did you buy any of their garbage? No. Okay. Well, we, we got, got the DVD. We got the photos in there. No, he DVDs. means like tires or... <laughs> like a suit. Like an old like fan or something. or something. No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, yeah, we didn't commit to doing this. Uh, we got there and wanted to scope it out, and I wasn't really excited about this. I did. <laughs> I, I always wanted to do it, but I've heard it was expensive, and it is. Extreme Orlando does not mean cheap Orlando. This thing is very expensive. Right. We um, There are a few packages. All the packages include a one-hour experience, including training and flight time, two or more flight rotations on winds up to 60 to 145 miles an hour, depending on how much you weigh. Um, you get your flight gear, and then you get a little certificate. There's In other words, they'd need to get a jet engine to get me up, right? <laughs> it's already a jet engine. They have a jet engine turned on its side. Mine are the flames that actually have to come out <laughs> to lift me off the ground. Like a shuttle, like, like a shuttle rocket. <laughs> Soft rocket booster. The uh, the cheapest package is uh, forty four ninety five. That is a basic flight package. You get two flight rotations, one minute each. And we did something a little bit more extreme. It's called Air Extreme. It's a training package. It's ten minutes of flight time that we split up between the two of us. So we each were in there for two and a half minutes yeah. for each session, and you get a DVD and a photo CD, and they say individualized professional training or whatever. Everybody gets that. Right. That's no more expensive than him driving around that track. But this, the one we did was $195. It's 100 bucks for five minutes. Mm. And uh, the entire thing takes about an hour from your class to your, uh, you know, getting suited up and all that stuff. And th- this isn't uh, an 
just any tourist attraction. I think a lot of uh, people think that the idea of this sky adventure is just because it's right across from Wet and Wild. This is a sport. This is yeah. This is this not is a, a ride. Right. This isn't a ride. And they have some warnings, you know, plastered in the in the lobby or in the little office before you go in. Um, participants may experience minor injuries such as cuts, sprains, and bruises. Anyone with a heart condition, prior shoulder dislocations, neck or back injuries, or other conditions which would increase your risk of in- in- injury under the influence of alcohol, drugs, or other medication, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty intense. But it's very intense. I was sore for like a day and a half after this. My abs were killing me the next day. You need, so. you need control of every single limb and part of your body. You have to have complete control of your arms, your hands, your feet, your back, your stomach. Really? To work out for sure. She, she said two minutes in, uh, in the air tunnel is equivalent to ten minutes of treading water. Wow. So it's definitely a workout. So we, um, we decided to do it. We went. We paid our package. Were we there got, any more packages? I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, um, there's another pack. It's sixty nine ninety five. That includes the intro package, but you get a DVD and a photo CD. There is a twofer multimedia package it's four minutes of flight time um shared by two people dvd photo and then there's a family package up to five flyers uh 10 minutes of flight rotations to be shared by the the five people dvd photo and that's 230 dollars. and you can buy extra time so you can get the uh the basic one 44.95 that comes with one minute of flight time but you can buy two extra minutes for 30 dollars so you have some options to it sounds like you know an awfully short amount of time but you know is it appropriate i mean could you spend 15 or 20 minutes doing this and i, I was having a blast really oh yeah but i was sore the next day i mean my my shoulders were hurting that night and so yeah just what people on vacation want they want sore bodies to walk around the theme park <laughs> right with. well it's there great. were there were a lot of little kids doing this too i mean you go in a group and uh we got there at 3. Our, our flight time was 3.30, and we had a, a family was with us, four or five of them. And they, they, that's what they got, the family package, and split that up. But they were pretty little. You can have up to 12 people in your group. So you can, they'll pair no, you tw- up. But 12 people aren't in there at the same time. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. It's one person at a time? It, it's you and uh, your flight instructor um, in there. Well, Is first there any of chance all, of getting sucked into the fan? <laughs> no, because it, it almost reminds me a little bit of the... Uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right. the first one, when they kind of go up in that little bubble machine. Yep. I was like, oh, this is great. It's not a big blade. It's not like you look down and you see a big fan blade and you're scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like a metal, it's like a metal mesh. Like, oh, no, of. I'm going to get sucked into the van. <laughs> so it's, it's not intimidating at all. I mean, they do prep you. There's a class. Um, you go up there and they'll, they'll sit you down. They'll, they'll give you hand signals because they can't talk to you when you're in there. First of all, you're in this huge jumpsuit. Um, from, you know, it's a one-piece jumpsuit. You wear a helmet. You wear goggles. You wear um, little earplugs, elbow pads, knee pads. You can't hear anything when you're in there. So his hand signals that he teaches you in the class are very important. You know, relax, slow down, put your chin up. That's the most important thing. They keep repeating, chin up, chin up. I kept wanting to look down to see how high I was getting. Uh, chin up. Because if you put your chin down, you'll just fall or whatever. If you, Go to a nosedive. If, you know, your, your legs oh, have to be, your knees have to be a little bit bent, not too straight. Uh, they can't be too far apart. They have to be like shoulders width. It's very, yeah, you need to be exact with this. And every little movement is going to throw you one, 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 one way or the other. Yeah, on the second, uh, my second turn, he was telling me, I, I, he was like, pretend like you're driving. And so 
just a little tilt in my hand, I started spinning. It was great. And he told me, slow down. <laughs> so they, um, they give you about a 15-minute uh, introduction on what to expect when you're in there. Uh, then you, you go down. You wait to go in your little uh, tunnel or whatever. There's a little holding area. And half of the tunnel is plexiglass. So people are watching behind you, which is even... It, that's I mean makes it even worse. Just go if, even if you're not going to do it. Walk up there and watch people do it. It's hilarious. You'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go laugh at the people who are braver than you are. What about the suit? Was it like a Top Gun flight suit? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It zips. It zips up the center. Big jumpsuit. You got your helmet and your earplugs. And my goggles were horrible. I couldn't see. It. I don't know about yours, but I couldn't see very well out of mine. Yeah. Um, other than that, I was pretty comfortable as far as the equipment goes. Your suit was kind of big. My suit was big, but he told me it, it helps me fly a little bit more, so I'm like, I'll keep it. He was happy about I'll, that. Yeah. They, have, they have lockers up in the, uh, the room where you, you, know, you get your gear and you have your little class, so, and they're free. You can put your purse and your cameras and all that stuff in there. Shoes. Make sure you wear tennis shoes. They have shoes there, I believe. They do. But, but I would take I would your own tennis shoes, shoes for yeah. sure. Um, it's like bowling. Bring your own socks. <laughs> yeah. It's bad enough you're going to be... In this flight tunnel, you got to wear someone else's shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Everything about it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> when were the snacks? I think the three of us should go together, John, Kevin, and Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about it sounds appealing. Turn on the generator. <laughs> Except watching other people look foolish. <laughs> you see the lights in all of Orlando dim. <laughs> Trying to get me off the ground. <laughs> He's only six inches off the fan. <laughs> Look at me, I'm flying. No, you're still, still on you're the grid. You're, you're hovering. That's laying on the net. <laughs> we'll call you Hover Man. Uh, for me, it was more like bouncing off the walls. Corey did real good. He was a natural at, at uh, you know, controlling his body and being stable. It was fun. I, w- I would have well, liked to have you. more time, though. Well, Corey also has, a, has an advantage in that he did gymnastics for... How many years? So yeah, well, maybe that gave me some control. Uh, I think that helped you with uh, with some of the body control. Absolutely. The um, yeah, your instructor's in there the entire time. You there are two doors, and you basically you just have to lean in. You don't jump in. You don't walk in, and they turn the air on. The air is just on, and then you're at the side, and you just lean in, and your guy catches you, <laughs> balances you. And then starts letting go. If he sees that you're controlling yourself, he'll let go. And the back of your suit, there are like these little pulleys for him to kind of control. There was a kid in our group. It was just, it was hilarious. This kid was not paying attention in the class, for one thing. He was seven. Um, You can do this as young as three years old. Yep. I don't know who would. Would you let your kid? No way. Three years old? I would not let my three-year-old baby do this no. there's no way it's and no you got to pay attention and the instructor kept telling him, this is very important you really need to be paying attention and he would kind of daze off and yeah <laughs> he'll give you signs um in the they tunnel should have been handing that <laughs> really i'll go for that you, you need to know these signs because it, when you're in there it's it's crazy you know the yeah. wind you can't hear you're bouncing around and he's trying to tell you something to help you out and you're you, and have you don't no have idea. a long time so if you don't get the hang of it in the minute you do it or the two and a half minutes you do it you know that there goes your experience right. or there goes your hundred bucks or whatever so right. i mean he gives you a signal for chill out like relax mm-hmm. uh chin up bend your knees straighten uh, your straighten legs. your legs and you're cool your thumb up is you're cool right. and and you don't have to worry about sounds like lamaze <laughs> <laughs> straighten your legs <laughs> breathe so, and some of the uh, some of the instructors are 
a little different than the others. The, the group before us, the instructor would actually grab onto the person and start spinning up pretty high. Um, just it was really cool. We both wanted to do it, yeah. and, uh, and our instructor didn't do that, unfortunately. So but. I decided to spin myself. So Corey, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did. There's a there's a guy um, behind the plexiglass who's in control of the air, and he's taking f- pictures, and there's a video camera on right. it, so he's in control of. He's got know, a lot all to this do. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine you go to lay into the wind, and then all of a sudden it turns off? And <laughs> oh, <back> boom! <laughs> Whoops! What's that on your face? That's net burn. <laughs> So now you had to wait to go with another group. You didn't know this in advance. You just walked in no. and decided you were going to do this. But when you got there, you found out, oh, we have to go with this other group. Well, they, that's the way they do it. Unless you come with a group of 12 people, they'll put you in. And I even asked her, I said, is this normal that you get here at 3 o'clock and you, you, you can you know, accommodate us at 3.30? She says, no, I kind of squeezed you all in. I don't know how she squeezed us in. There was only three people in that group. Um, but that's what she told me. <laughs> really? But she, well, the group think, before us was real busy, though. I think she probably meant squeeze you in time-wise. Like, yeah. get, let's, let's get yeah, you yeah. in and get you registered and yeah. paid for and all that. And it was busy. I, I had no idea there was, there was going to be this many people there. There was a busload they, they dropped off. Really? Yeah. yeah. What day of the week was it? Friday. Yep. Friday afternoon, 3.30. Busload of senior citizens? <laughs> <laughs> busload of three-year-olds. <laughs> so it, it was very busy. We, um, I mean, that, that little suit is very hot. I mean, we were sweating afterwards. Yeah, and you get sweaty knee pads and elbow pads. So. Yeah. Kind of gross. Oh, it sounds better and better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It, Do you, you know sh- what? They, they make you take a shower afterwards? No, I wish. No. I I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't very excited about doing this. I'm I was fly- nervous. I'm flying in some other guy's slime. <laughs> That's what it was. No, these guys wouldn't have had beer afterwards. A few. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was cool. I got out and I was how, I was pretty amped. How heterosexual! <laughs> <laughs> we go we go skydiving and then have a beer. Good thing we didn't have beer before. Yeah, we might yeah. have a different report. Well, I for said you. that. So I'm kind of hungry. Uh, let's wait to eat. <laughs> yeah, right. So you weren't looking forward to it. Did you enjoy it? Was it enjoyable or was it like I just want to get through this and be done? I I enjoyed it, but I was I don't think I would go back and do that again. That's it's something that's not really for me. It's you know it's to each his own, and it was a very cool experience. I'm glad I did it. But, um, you know, it's probably not something I so would do. So the driving again. experience was better? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Corey, would you go back totally. and do it again? Absolutely. Yeah. I want, I'd want more time, though. It's funny because the before we did this Extreme Orlando segment, Pete said, okay, there's a few things you can't do. You cannot go skydiving. I'm sure Julie and my mom, yeah, thank, thank you, you for Peter. that. Um, <laughs> so it was cool. Oh, hell no. We got to do uh, Absolutely not. the sky adventure. One thing I will, will say, though, I would do the sky coaster again over this. The uh, the sky coaster still gives you the feeling of um, of free falling and weightlessness a little bit, but this really gives you the feeling of weightlessness. But for the the value, I think the sky coaster was seventy five dollars, and we both got to do it, and it seemed it lasted probably a lot longer. Long. The actual thrill lasted longer. So. Yeah, this was expensive. If you weren't pregnant, would you do it? The fly thing, I would be like Will. I'd fall on my bum. I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it. I fell pretty good. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Will Will was looking back at the video and he saw it was the instructor's fault. It, he, he, the guy will put his arm. If you get too high up, he'll put his arms out to block some of the wind and bring you back down. Well, my feet were touching the wall, and he did this, and I was probably ten feet up. You were up there. I, I found wow. you came back in the little the little part of the room where uh, there's a door and you know there's not there's no padding or anything. That's where I. That's landed. where your, your <laughs> oh my god your leg hit. 
Uh, they, they do make you sign a waiver. Oh, I'm before sure. Before you go in, if you're 18 and under, you need to get a parent or a guardian sign this thing for you. Yeah. Um, like How many pages was the release? I don't know. I just kind of gloss over those things and just sign it. <laughs> That's good. It's part of it's part of being extreme, right? When Taylor, I told her what they were doing on Friday because she and I were at home. She's like, "I want to do that." So we went online to see how old she had to be and stuff like that. And next summer, if she wants to do it, I'll she take would her. enjoy it for sure. I've she always won't do expedition to do Everest, but she'll do that. She wants to fly. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. You know, I've always seen this thing. You know, driving on I four and International Drive. Always thought about it. Always heard it was expensive. So it was. Really cool to finally get to do it, but it is expensive. All right, so you're here for a week on vacation. Maybe you don't have a pass for Disney for the full week. Do you do this? Is it something that someone should think about doing? If you really want to go skydiving and you don't think you'll ever do the real thing and you really want to feel that sense of weightlessness and as short as it might be, go ahead and do it. I mean, you can always do the the 4495 package. Add minutes. Go on their um, website. They have some discounts. I don't know how good they are. Maybe like $10 off, but every bit helps. So, And you can't video or take pictures if you're doing the experience. You have to leave everything outside of the plexiglass tunnel. Right. But you can buy. You can buy. A, vid- a video, which you guys did. Yeah, we got that. And our, our Air Extreme package included that. The photos. A bunch of photos. But if we had somebody else there, like if you would have went with us, you could have been in the observation area taking photos and video of us doing right. this. Okay. And we, we did stand around and get a little video. So you can get right up next to it, and you know they have a light set there where you can get some decent shots if you, if you take I wish fans. I would have known this. I would have given him my helmet cam. <laughs> oh, yeah. that would. That's right. That's right. John has helmet cam. He gave me one, too. So cool. Sweet. So one would go back and do it again. One wouldn't. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Thank you very much, guys. That was a uh, very enlightening, uh, <laughs> very enlightening look at that. It's as close as I'll ever get to it. Exactly. Well, well, I make you know a watch. Is. Would you go watch? Yeah, as long as there was no chance of me being sucked into the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing's been open uh, for ten years now, and you oh, can wow. and you can check out their website, skyventureorlando.com. dot com, or you can call them one eight hundred sky fun one. So and they have a. They have all kinds of information on there, frequently asked questions and uh, weight restrictions and age limits and all that stuff. So There's a weight restriction? Mm-hmm. I can't come. It mm-hmm. depends on your height. If you're under six, uh, six feet, 230 pounds maximum. If you're over, 260 pounds maximum. That's for men. That's for men. And for women, if you're 5'7", if you're under 5'7", 190 pounds maximum. If you're over 5'7", 220 maximum. Well, it leaves me out. So... That's it. Me too. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, before we go, we have some prizes to give away, Mrs. Martin. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. Uh, the first one we have to give away is to Michelle, the lady who suspected that I was pregnant, from John's comment about the raid on the fruit. <laughs> she chose number eight. Anybody who doesn't listen to all of our shows, and I know there's like three of them, <laughs> right. is going to have to go back in and figure out what the heck she's talking about. <laughs> That was our fruit from Morocco we brought home. And, and we said it tasted like raid. We should have said if someone can go back and figure it out, you know. Still a podcast crew is waiting to be won here, folks. So Michelle picked number eight, and let's see what she's won. You have won a $50 Disney gift certificate. Good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. 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 Yeah, terrific. 
And then I chose uh, our monthly prize winner for July, Sarah Fallon from Charlotte, North Carolina, and she chose number 29. Number 29. You have won a $25 gift certificate good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. And who else do we have? That's it. Oh, that was it? Yeah, just two. Well, we had one that we asked to pick a number on our email show last week, but she declined. She hates us. No, she doesn't hate us. It was for <laughs> it was for reasons that I'd rather not discuss on the show. Thank so you. So we're gonna just give that to, we're to gonna us. we're gonna pick another name uh to give that uh to give that yeah. pr- a prize to. to pick from the uh I'll leave it to your better discretion. Okay. You can pick from uh, other voicemails, emails that were read last month. You can pick a name out of the... Uh, I think we'll do the list that people signed up for. Out of the mailing list. Sound, that sounds great. Sounds great. It's one of the, uh, one of the ways you can get, uh, get a chance to pick a number. We've got all sorts of prizes in here. They've all been reshuffled now. Podcast Cruise is in here. Trip to Disneyland's in here. Some iPods and iPod Touches in there. Some cool behind-the-scenes tours. Some gift certificates. So... Uh, you can sign up for our mailing list at our podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, or by sending an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or leaving us a voicemail toll free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1 877 310 9662. And those are ways that you can. Get a shot at the prize, Matron. Can I add something? Sure. Recently, some gentleman sent you a voicemail via email. Ryan Pierce, yes. And people are asking for people who are out of the country who don't have access to our toll-free number. That's a great way to send us a voicemail without having to make the call. I don't know how to do it, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Explain to us, Kevin. How should they do it? I don't know. Just keep screaming at the computer. Actually, <laughs> actually really, you know, it, it's not very difficult to figure out as long as you have any basic microphone attached to your computer, built in or otherwise, um, and any software that can record sound. Uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to record a voicemail and email that to us. And uh, the preference is uh, MP3 format, um, but. Maybe we'll come up with instructions, or maybe Ryan will be nice enough to come up with instructions. Sometimes um, the uh, the sound quality of those are better too. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Over so, over voicemail, they'll yeah. always it'll always be better sound quality over voicemail. And you could practice. And you can practice. So, all right, folks, that is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week, everyone.